And okay, so joining me in this uh, lockdown series today is none other than Jamil. Man, I'm really like, honored to have you on. I've been following you for quite some time now and you, you're what with uh, Coffee and Chokes and uh, also the fact that you're also a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now. There was, it's, uh, uh, well, it's because it's a big mix up for me because I've only been practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for, uh, I think, eight months now. So yeah. um, I'm only a white belt with one stripe. So, I mean, and I'm not going to lie, this uh, whole lockdown did do me dirty a little bit because I was building up to like good four solid to five sessions yeah. a week. Yeah. And now it's now going to be zero <laughs> for a while. Oh, so. it's going to be zero for everyone pretty much. Uh, yeah, doing good, man, because I've seen you around at the UFC gym as well, because I've got a membership there still, and I've seen you on the mats before, and you doing your thing, coaching, so um, it was really cool, because I found you on Instagram, so oh, I've seen this guy before, and then, yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been following your work as well, even, uh, you know, all the, all the budget smuggler picks, I'm like, yeah, sweet, go for gold, dude, <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah, I've been following you as well, so a real big fan, Mitchell, appreciate it, Mitchell, dude. So let's, let's just um let's start off. I just wanted to ask you, man, how long have you been uh, practicing BJJ for? Um, I would have started in two thousand and thirteen because that was wow. the first time I had a full time job. So once I had a full time job, I was able to work, and once I had the cash in, I could finally start joining a gym and training for lessons and all that whatnot. But um, yeah, still going strong to this day. Uh, my focus now is just training as much as I can and put as much content and linking up as much gyms and as much coaches as much as I can for the Perth community out there because the Perth community is getting quite big and there's quite a really good loyal following for guys and girls that want to train and do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and other martial arts. So it's really cool to see what's happening in Perth. Yeah, I, I actually agree, definitely agree. I had no idea how big the scene was until I started. Uh, not even that, but I love the fact that how many uh, gyms in Perth are actually uh, teaching it and yeah. practice it and holding competitions for it. Like I had my first competition at the AMA with the white belt only round robin. Yeah. And I was yeah. completely overwhelmed. I was like, I had no idea there was actually just a white belt only competition. Not even that, yeah. but the amount of people that enter in those competitions was pretty, pretty phenomenal. Uh, Whereabouts? Yeah, the big, the big tournaments, the white belt ones, even though it's white belts only, they mm -hmm. draw out the biggest crowds. That's the time when, let's say, you, know, you first start trading, you know, you bring your family to come see you, your friends mm -hmm. come to see you, your teammates that you've been training, they come to see you. So it yeah. always draws big crowds. That's one of those, you know, monumental events because it's your first time competing. And mm -hmm. obviously, being a first time competing, that's something that's, you know, quite um, special for friends, family, and teammates. So that's why they're still big events, even though it's like white belts only. So, yeah. but no, yeah, they're really, really cool to see, especially the ones that Amber's doing there. They're running a little bit showy. Yeah, they, they got something really special going on down there. Now, uh, I wanted to actually ask you, because I brought up my first time competing. Do you remember your yeah. first competition? What was that like? Well, funny enough, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I don't actually compete in BJJ at all, because mm -hmm. I'm too busy promoting during my time from my white to brown, the competitions were always on a Sunday. And I was never free on a Sunday because I was a musician at the time. So I was always playing music. These days, uh, if I do compete, it would be in freestyle wrestling. So American freestyle wrestling is the main one that I usually jump in. Um, the next big one's going to be in the middle of the year. So I'm training to jump in to the next freestyle wrestling comp. 
This time, I'm going to try and compete at 59 kilos, which is a bit of a cut for me. I usually compete at 65 kilos for wrestling, but this time mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in 59. But same as wrestling or jiu-jitsu, both for grappling sports and both um, tournaments, you know, you're still getting that adrenaline rush and you're still performing under the puppet, under the crowd. So, um, yeah, jiu-jitsu I don't really compete in. Possibly I might jump to one this year, the SGT, but wrestling, that's usually where mm-hmm. I feel that I get my drive and my ambition to compete in freestyle wrestling. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about this freestyle wrestling for someone who doesn't really know uh, anything about it. Like, w- what's the difference between freestyle wrestling and the other forms of wrestling? Well, the other form of wrestling most people would know would probably be uh, pro wrestling. You know, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. That's stuff like you know, your WWE, yeah. your wrestling, the stuff you see on TV. Compared to, let's say, freestyle wrestling, that is the actual sport of pure-based wrestling itself. Really big in America, really big in uh, Europe, like in Russia and Ukraine. It's basically mm-hmm. the base form where Khabib, Nomo Mugetov, you know, learnt his fighting. Uh, his, 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 that's where he got his start. You know, everyone knows Khabib, and Khabib always fights that he's a wrestler through and through. Most majority of the fighters in the UFC, mm-hmm. especially being an American production, a lot of American fighters, they all got their competitive start in wrestling, especially freestyle wrestling. Mm-hmm. So with freestyle wrestling, it's basically just another form of grappling, but with no submissions. The main idea and the main objective with wrestling is to pin your opponent, both shoulders on the mat, or to uh, earn enough points while in the match, whether it's uh, a takedown, a, uh, uh, a roll, or even uh, uh, like taking the back, or getting as much points as you can under wrestling rules. So basically, wrestling is basically grappling, but big emphasis on taking the opponent down and starting from standing. Okay. So from someone who also practices BJJ, what benefit has doing wrestling also helped you as a BJ, sorry, BJJ practitioner? Well, of course, with um, um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, majority of the time you spend doing Jiu-Jitsu is on the ground. Yeah. And there's two ways that you need to start a Jiu-Jitsu match um, to get into the ground, either... Yeah. One person pulls guard, they get to the ground first, or the other person will initiate a takedown. Yeah. Now, depending on the rule set, depending on the rule set, some tournaments you will get points if you perform a takedown yeah. on your opponent. Some tournaments, it doesn't matter if you do a takedown, for the submission only ones, like mm-hmm. the ones that I'm going to do, SCT. Those ones, you don't really have to do a takedown because basically whoever submits the other person first, you don't get any points. But there's some tournaments, for example, let's say you've got four points for your name and the other guy has four points to his name. Let's say there's 20 seconds less on the clock. If one person gets one takedown and he earns that four points before the timer runs out, he will be declared the winner. That's when it gets really useful to know how to do, to do a takedown on a person and to bring the fight to the ground, or if we're talking in a street fight, um, kind of a point of view, um, if you want to use your grappling and your jiu-jitsu, you want to take it to the ground in a street fight, not many people will be willing to pull the guard or to line the back. Rather, if you want to take it to the ground, you got to know at least one takedown, take it to the ground, use jiu-jitsu, get the armbar, get the choke, but 
as a grappler to jitsu, learning how to take someone down and bring them to, down to the, the floor is very useful because that's where uh, basically the art of Brazilian jitsu starts. There's a really good saying that a friend of mine, uh, her name is Amy, sorry, she just won gold at the last wrestling tournament over East. Jiu-Jitsu starts when wrestling ends, and that's uh, really, really true because you can't do jiu-jitsu until you hit the ground, and that's why you need to learn how to wrestle and you need to learn how to do takedowns. Awesome. Very nice, man. Now, you run Coffee and Chokes, which is your own little uh, podcast that you got going on. Can you just tell the audience like what it is that you're doing and why it is you're doing this? Yeah. So basically, Coffee and Chokes, the story behind that is that used to be my Instagram handle name. Oh, but after okay. a while, yeah, after that's, a while, yeah. when I was going around to the gym, people were like, oh, that's the Coffee and Chokes guy. Oh, it's Coffee and Chokes. But no one knew who what my name was, so I changed it to my name to identify my name with a handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started making more podcasts, mm-hmm. that wasn't actually the name I went for Coffee and Chokes. And basically, when I was when I do the podcast, I go to a particular gym. Doesn't have to be my gym. Mm-hmm. I find a guest and I'll roll that gym, roll that coach. After he's basically beating me up, I'll sit mm-hmm. down with him speak to the coach and ask him, hey, what are the values of this gym? Why do you love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? What are your thoughts about this? What are your thoughts about this move? What are your thoughts about this tournament? So my goal really is to give as much people in the Perth community and also in the sporting and fitness community of what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gyms are out there, what coaches are out, what moves you can do, what gyms are accessible, who's around, what's around, and just to uh, give a nice, big, broad, open view to the Perth community, uh, what's out there in sport of jiu-jitsu and martial arts in general. So I basically mm-hmm. go around to the groups, meet with the coach, have a chat with them. Uh, all the podcasts are platformed by Instagram. So I chose mm-hmm. my platform to be shown by Instagram IGTV. So all videos are about 10 to 15 minutes long, nice and sharp, straight to the point. You can go mm-hmm. to your Instagram app. The videos are all right there and watch it through you know, your regular Instagram feed. And it's just really, really easy to do it that way. And really, it was easy to link up with the coach and put the coach's um, gym name and his tag in the video as well. So that, that's basically what the Coffee and Chokes podcast is. Me traveling around, getting as much wisdom from these coaches and gyms and putting it out there, the content to the wider um, fitness community here in Perth. That's really good. That's re- well, that's really good, yeah. man. I, I appreciate it. It's good that you're doing that to help like promote the sport. So you've been doing it for, for a bit of time. You've had quite a few oh, guests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So who would you who would you say was the biggest guest that you've had or at least the hot, most high profile guest you've ever had? I think funny you say, I think the highest profile guest is the one I'm gonna have after I finish my chat with you. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> that's yeah, good. That's- Open. Yes. So I'm going to have a chat with Adam 
talk about his journey with Dipsy, what it was like growing up with Craig Jones, what, what he had to do to make a tournament of your own, and what he wants to do with his Dipsy journey as well. So um, Adam Jones is the current biggest high profile and most anticipated name we had a chat with. But the Perth scene, the Perth Marvel guys, I think every person that I've interviewed has a real high caliber level of respect in the community. So you can't just pick one. All of my guests have been highly respected and highly sought after guests. You know, Romel Wistro, big name in the MMA scene. Um, just then, Lee Berger, one of the all time greats. And BJ Jane in Perth. You know, Jacob Disco, one of the most um, active competitors here in Perth and competing in the States. Um, the list goes on. That's just the last three guys I had. So, um, yeah. That's brilliant, man. Well, well done for you for doing that. So personally, myself, I, I, again, still new to the BJJ scene, so I'm just truly trying to understand who the players are. Like, um, but I do know Craig Jones. I believe he's also on the yeah. ultimate. He's, they brought back the Ultimate Fighter, and I believe yeah. he's competing on this season. So uh, he's, he's on the coaching team. He's on the coaching team. That's right. So yeah. I, I didn't know that he had any other experience as well outside of uh, BJJ. I know he was a Big competitor at all. Now, earlier on, you brought up uh, Gordon Ryan. Now, yeah, this is a little bit of old news, but there was that yeah. Gordon Ryan, that famous Gordon Ryan slap that was kind of heard yeah. around the BJJ world. Yeah. And then people are talking, and there's a lot of controversy around him because he brings a lot of beef into the sport. Personally, I think what he's doing is brilliant. I think what he's doing yeah. is because. I've talked about my podcast before, but bad blood is so good for business. And at yeah, the end of the is. day, BJJ is now becoming a very global business. And what he's doing, setting up all this beef and talking all this shit, I think it's really good because it's going to bring more people to the sport. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to get, I know it's a little bit of old nudes, but I just wanted That's to right. hear your thoughts on what happened. Yeah, especially how you said that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is now becoming global because people can see the marketing behind it, the business behind it. And Gordon Ryan really is one of the spearheads in changing that scene because back in the day, it still was like a very underground kind of thing. You know, there'd be a few tournaments here and there. But because of Gordon Ryan, he's started the trend now of what he's doing is putting big, high-profile uh, matches with big names. But not only that, the main thing that he, he's been trying to put across since day one is putting money into tournaments and putting money towards the competitors. Uh, especially in local scenes around the world, you'd have a tournament, have two best guys that compete, they get a medal. But Gordon Ryan was like, nah, for us as competitors, we need more than a medal. We need some sort of financial incentive for us to put our body on the line, the time we put in, for the effort we have to pay our coaches and our gyms. So basically because of Gordon Ryan and many others, um, there's now a monopoly where people are willing to sponsor fighters financially and people are now willing to sponsor tournaments and events financially. Mm -hmm. So now there's tournaments where to get a sponsor in, they ask a sponsor to chip in 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, $2,000 just to put their name and their logo on the tournament um, banner or brand. So and that's what Gordon has that he's hyped out, he's hyped up. Um, the matches that he's in, but he's also bringing big money in for himself to compete in these matches, in these tournaments. And that's what he's done to change the game. And now a lot of other competitors are following in his footsteps and say, hey, if you want me to go on your card, compete in this tournament, 
I need to get paid, and that's really where the direction of Shitsu is going right now, especially in tournaments. If you want to have a big tournament and you want to attract the best competitors and the best sponsors, um, I really do believe that paying your competitors is uh, the next big thing and to go if you want to make a tournament and make a big name for yourself. Is once you put money behind it, there's no limits of where uh, a competitor's career, career can go and where the tournament can go, where that tournament can reach. Yeah, that's that's definitely a big point really to bring up because I can't really remember a time where the sport's ever gone this big. I can't remember. Oh, again, still new to it. So looking more, I can't, yeah. you know, going back through the old videos, I'm not sure how much like competitors used to get paid back in the day, but I don't think there's ever been a time where they've ever been like paid so much. And now what we're seeing is Gordon Ryan's branching off into one championship. So yeah. it's going on to a complete like global scale. Yeah, and they're billionaires. The billionaires. Well, behind one championship, their stump belly is like through the roof of what uh, one FC is worth. So they're huge in Asia, especially Malaysia as well. They're massive. They're bigger than the UFC in Asia, pretty much one. So yeah, it's a good move. Well, it's it's not even just like a BJJ practitioners as well, but also stars from other sports like. Just recently, yeah. Australian kickboxing legend uh, John Wayne Parr had a fight yeah. over in one championship. Yeah. I can't remember specifically the name of the fellow that he fought. Yeah, it was, it was a Dutch dude. I can't remember the name as well. It's hard to pronounce. So yeah. I'm not surprised it's the name, but his name escaped as well. But he was versus some young um, Dutch yeah. dude in his prime. I think it was Dutch or his coach was Dutch. But um, yeah, John Wayne Parr is a legend. And he basically, that match, they didn't want to. What I've seen was um, the Muay Thai, but with the four ounce MMA gloves. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was really good to see, especially with John Wayne Parker. He pretty much created that style of sport of Muay Thai in the cage with MMA, MMA gloves. John Wayne Parker was the first guy to do it and to make a promotion out of it. So it's really yeah. cool to see him do it. Let's see. It's it's crazy what to see what one championship's actually doing because we had a one championship fight on the podcast, uh, Anthony Caruso, uh, sorry, Antonio oh, Caruso. Nice. Yeah, and he actually yeah. talked about like the hydration tests and how much better they are uh, rather than having to cut ridiculous amounts of weight. But on the other side, the, the issue with uh, the hydration tests is it's kind of hard to take a fight on short notice because it is because you can't really, if you're supposed to be at a natural weight, you kind of can't manipulate your body as much. As you used to, so yeah. it's, you've got to make sure you're always staying in shape. So there's still obviously there's a downside to it. Now, one other thing I wanted to bring up with you is uh, pers- is recently we had the fight card uh, UFC two two sixty one, and oh, yeah. now, one thing I actually uh, I mean everyone there were great knockouts and we can go into that in a second. But one thing that absolutely stunned me was when we saw the first round single arm rear naked choke, which was actually done. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought, what were your thoughts on that? Because I never even, or well, I mean, what, how, can you break down like how complex or how high level this uh, particular move is? Yeah, especially um, in training, I believe one arm rear naked chokes is definitely possible, but it's hard to, um, I think the reason why especially that one that we saw on the fight card and we were able to pull it off, is that especially with chokes and strangulation submissions, they're so much more harder to get out of and so much more easy to tap when there's a lot of pressure upon you, especially when people are watching. So let's say you're, you've got your back taking and a guy's sticking in the choke, you've got cameras flashing, 
thousand people in the audience shouting, screaming, got the cameras on you, live live view feed. When you've got that much pressure going on in your head internally, it becomes it's so much more harder to resist submissions when you know there's a lot going on on the outside. And that's why I believe the guy who managed to get that choke um, so good on that guy is basically because, you know, once you can choke someone in an environment where it's high pressure, high noise, it's very, the guy that's getting chokes, they'll, come, they'll tap a lot more easier because, like I said, there's so much more going on. There's, there's the pressure and the noise and everything. So that's why I was able to get it so good at a high level because um, when there's a lot on the line and it's all going through your head, high competition, um, you know, the walls close in. You know, sometimes you have no choice um, to tap, especially when you have the high pressure. You know, in training, when no one's watching, you can, like, resist any move because no one's watching, you don't care. You know, you don't have any pressure to perform or underperform or whatever, but at a big level stage, um, even the, the best of the best, you know, get beaten just because of the pressure and, or they can't handle the pressure that's being upon them. Yeah. But that prelim, everything was going on. That was having that prelim was all awesome fights. There was a Mongolian guy on there, can't pronounce his name, but he got this like sweet um, knockout. This other dude, um, yeah, from the prelims to the main card, every fight was freaking awesome. Yeah, now I wanted to talk about the what is it? Uh, uh, the fight between uh, Marcel and Usman. Now, personally, I thought that. Kamaruzman came was on point. He was on top of his game, yeah. and that I mean, there was also everyone was like talking about since the last fight. They well, the idea that it was a bit boring because he used shoulder strikes, he was using foot stomps, and was mainly using his resting up against the cage. But the issue is like the, the the criticism that when people say that it's like, well, at the end of the day, the goal is to win. Okay, like well, pay per views, money is one thing. But at the end of the day, the goal is to actually win your fight. And then there's the idea of sacrificing or taking that risk over, you know, what is it having, putting on a, uh, what is it, putting on a very enjoyable fight, but, you know, potentially sustaining the most damage compared to trying to play at least a little bit safe. But at the end of the day, you're still, still winning. Now, when he took that and completely flipped it on its head, yesterday he showed up and he put on a absolute spectacular, spectacular display performance. And when he knocked down uh, Masvidal, I, I mean, I was absolutely stunned. I did not see it coming. Knocked him out completely on his feet. And yeah. then uh, I just wanted to get, what were your thoughts on that fight in terms of uh, Kamara and uh, Masvidal's uh, performance? Oh, it was freaking amazing what, uh, what those two guys did. You know, both guys were taking shots. Both guys were, you know, egging each other on to give their best. But uh, leading up to that fight, I know, I think pretty sure Masvidal was the favorite to win that fight. And everyone said that the only way that um, Kamaru could probably beat um, George Masvidal was through his wrestling and take him down, you know, hit him on the ground, get him against the cage. Everyone thought that that would be um, Kamaru's strategy because Kamaru Usman is like an amazing wrestler, world-class freestyle wrestling. Um, If you follow um, Kamaru on Instagram, most of the time he posts his training is mostly him um, just wrestling, just taking guys down, scrambles and wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Uh, but what we saw Kamara do through the strike was unbelievable, especially that, mm-hmm. uh, that knockout highlight really that he did to George was 
pretty much something that we'll probably see him play again and again. And when he hit him with that with that read, you saw the sweat and this big pretty yeah. much shit off Marvel. It was like a movie. <laughs> that, it was like, that was you see the water it was literally like a movie. Um, yeah. the way how he did it and then to keep hitting on the ground. So it was freaking unbelievable what Kamari did and everything. Everyone's saying that he's probably the pound for pound best fighter in the UFC, maybe in the world right now. Um, but yeah, people, a lot of people say that he's more of a fighter and that he's not the most um, exciting to watch, but it's weak because I think it's pretty exciting. He's winning fights. Um, he's improving every fight that he does. Every fight he does, he's improving more and more and more. But then again, they said the same about George St. Pierre. People said that he was a boring fighter, but then again, he, he's pretty much regarded as one of the greatest of all time. Um, but yeah, just a really good performance and he just looks pretty much unstoppable right now. Um, I can't think of any other person that can really um, beat Isman at the moment right now or give him a close match, but he looks pretty untouchable. Especially that performance that he gave against someone, against Jorge Maslow, who's only been knocked down um, once previous to that match. Yeah, understood. Now, uh, before we move on, I just wanted to get your, uh, what is it, the opinion, like, or prediction. You know, we're in UFC, we're always talking about who we're going to fight next, who's going to fight next. Now, it's been said that Kamara Usman will have a, re- a rematch with Colby Covington next, obviously, yeah. uh, now that Colby Covington's on a bit of a resurgence. But I wanted to know, who do you think Marcelo should fight next if he was to return? I think everyone wants uh, Marcelo to be that rematch with Nick Diaz. I mean, Nick Diaz. That's what, that's what everyone's talking about. Or, because, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously, obviously on a loss now. They want his, come, uh, from what I hear, they want his uh, Nick, Nate's brother, Nate's brother, Nick Dare, to have his comeback fight against Solvay Marsville. That's the one that everyone wants to see. Um, and they're both pretty evenly in batch. Nick Diaz will always be a top level fighter, no matter what his age is uh, or what prom- uh, promotion he's fighting under. But I think that's the fight that I think everyone would really want to see is. Nick Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. And that's, I wouldn't be surprised if they match that up. Definitely, sure about that. Now, moving on, and I wanted to come back to your uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu career. Now, in all your time practicing and all that and then perfecting your craft, uh, what would you say was the biggest challenge for you? Um, the biggest challenge for me, not just for me, but for anyone that does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, has been training, whether they've been training for a short time or training for a long time, is uh, not comparing yourselves to others. I could be a blue belt, I could be a pro belt, I could be a black belt, or they, or someone else could be a blue belt, pro belt, black belt, white belt. And there's mm-hmm. always that lingering feeling of comparing yourself to others on the mat, whether mm-hmm. they're in the same gym or another gym, or you're seeing someone else training jitsu just through your Instagram posts. And that's the hardest thing to do. In, um, in any sport, any martial arts, is um, try to not let that damn sinking sink in of comparing yourself to others. Whether uh, comparing, oh, he's won more tournaments than me, or they beat me today, or I'm going to tax this guy out, or this person um, does this move a lot better than me, this person has a more successful school than me. And that's really the hardest thing when it comes to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is uh, not letting yourself be uh, or comparing yourself to others. You know, doing Jiu Jitsu is easy, rock out the training. Doing the class, drilling the moves, um, roll, rolling, or finishing the five minute rounds in a roll, that's easy. Because that can be done. Um, you know, but the mental game of making sure that you know you're not you're, you're make sure that you focus on yourself and not focusing on someone else's progress, that's the hardest thing to do. 
um, I believe. And, um, you know, I get that sometimes, you know, I'll see another brand builds, you know, you might get the better of me doing the role walls during class or doing the gym, or I see them compete and they're doing really well. I'm like, oh man, if I compete against them, I'll get smashed or I can never uh, roll the way they do or perform the moves they do. But you always got to come back to, to um, you know, what is the context, the context of what I'm training for and what I want to do. Um, that's the hard, yeah, that's what I think the hardest thing is in my journey to make sure that I don't compare myself to others and compare my journey to another person because everyone is on a different path and everyone should uh, respect the path that each person is taking in their journey with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and with fitness in general, you know. Same thing with fitness. You can't compare your journey with fitness compared to someone else because what they will eat and drink and what they will train will, be, will work different to them compared to what will work with you. There we go. Sorry. There, there we go. Sorry. Apologies. That was a very, very fair point. Uh, it's just there's a little bit of commotion going on in my background. So I just wanted to unmute myself so it doesn't disturb you. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, that's a, that's a very strong point to put. Now, the biggest, uh, what is it? The biggest lesson or the, uh, of school I've come through this, even though I've just started, is just trying and be as patient as you can. Uh, yeah. When it comes to Brazilian uh, Jiu-Jitsu and when you're sparring with someone, you know, the, the people tell me they get a lot of people who are very tense, you know, they need, they, uh, yeah. they try to muscle it too much. Now for someone who I, I had a mistake, Oh, I thought, Oh, they're going to BJJ. Oh, because I thought I'm a pretty average strong guy. I would be able to do okay. But that, that's not the case yeah. at all. And a lot of times, you know, guys get very, very tense when they're trying to start and then they need to understand, they need to be calm and they need to move more and they need to slow down. They need to learn to breathe. Because I feel like when you're trying yeah. to muscle it too much, that's when you waste the most energy. Uh, so that was definitely my lesson. Now, next up, I wanted to bring up, I couldn't help but notice, but you've got a photo just right right behind you. Uh, can you tell us the story behind this the photo? Who is this? Yeah, who is yeah, that one? Yeah, oh, that's tell us the story behind this. Are you, are you a fan of Power Rangers? Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, this here is none other than the greatest Power Ranger of all time, Jason David. No Friday, way. <laughs> No. the black yeah. ranger the red ranger no way <laughs> no way he's yeah. also a legitimate yeah. mma fighter he's actually quite yeah he's had a pretty yeah, successful record yeah, yeah. MMA, he's actually technically he's got like a four four and oh record in like amateur professional MMA or something like that but he, he can legit throw down you know yeah four and oh even if it's amateur league he's still pretty impressive and you can see his fights, they're on YouTube. You can see his MMA yeah. fights on YouTube. He's yeah. actually had a couple of few really good yeah. bouts. Like, I actually was a massive fan of that dude growing up. Like, when he was the green, white, green yeah, Power Ranger, and then he lost his powers, yeah. and then he became the White Power Ranger, and then he came back for all these, like, different seasons. And then, hell, he even came yeah. back for that giant, like, Power Rangers movie that they did. Holy shit, man. <laughs> well, listen, we're not oh, yeah, out yeah. yet. <laughs> Yeah, he did a cameo with Kimberly, the Pink Ranger. They, they got her in as well. Um, yeah. he's, a, he's awesome. Um, I think he pretty much inspired every kid in the 90s to grow their hair. Like, his, his hair in the 90s was just luscious. You know, every kid wanted to have yeah. long hair like Jason. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when they were going watching the pattern. He, he, he just looked sick, you know, because when you see the guys like him and Anthony Kiedis, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have this long, luscious hair, you wanted yeah. their hair as well. Uh, but no, I looked back at Comic-Con I think maybe five years ago when he was here, 
Yeah. Um, and I went to that comic point specifically because I found that he was going to get me there. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a ticket. I'm going to go see JDF. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, off awesome. unscripted, unscripted question, man. What was your favorite uh, Power Rangers series? Oh, uh, definitely um, not the original one when they had the original cast, but probably mm-hmm. the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when they had the second crew come in when they had the new, when they had Rocky and Adam and Aisha. Yeah. So not the the cast had up the original. That was mm-hmm. good. And after Mighty Morphins, how go wrong with? Power Rangers in space and yeah. Power Rangers Time Force. Yes. All the yeah. six series and they had really sick movies. That was, yeah, correct, man. I agree with you. My favorite series was definitely uh, Power Rangers Time Force. Really, uh, it just, I think some of the, the characters in that show was so good, man. Not even that, but like, I think no. that was from the first Power Rangers, um, was it Power Rangers? Uh, what is it? Uh, TV series that I watched, but one of the reasons why I liked it was because of the Dino Red Ranger. How he lich, uh, he was like the. Oh, old yeah. He's kind of like an antihero in a way because he wasn't afraid to. You know, he was like one of the first Rangers that wasn't afraid to kill. You know what I mean? And he wasn't afraid to yeah. like do what he could. But even though he got into, he would butt heads with um, the original Red Ranger, and I thought that that was just such a good story uh, line in general. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, all the DVDs and everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really obviously. I can't remember what it's up to right now, but I, I'm aware that it's still going and good, good for them. Good for them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, I, I, yeah, trust me, they, they'll go on forever. They will. Uh, what was yeah. going to say? So, coming back to uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now. What do you uh, believe is the, be- uh, the best thing? And so speaking of Perth specifically, what do you think the best thing is for, for BJJ to grow right now in the state of Perth? Um, I think right now is probably encouraging more people like everyday mm-hmm. people to try it. Because especially with Jitsi, when, mm-hmm. when you first see it, if you're watching Jitsi, it's like, what are they doing? I don't get it. Looks boring. Looks boring to watch. But yeah. once you actually do it and try it for yourself, it's like one of the most funnest things to watch. And I think what's really grow is to really expand it, especially in the in the, uh, the Perth fitness scene, is uh, mm-hmm. just giving it more exposure and more people to openly say that they're training it and they're doing it. A cool trick that I'm going to share on my own personal account um, in the future is if you're training jiu-jitsu right now. And you're putting up posts in your training. You know how you put in hashtags that are relevant to what you're posting up? You know, people will hashtag up as you see BJJ, blah, 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 blah. But here's a cool trick if you want to make Perth Brazilian Jiu Jitsu grow in the Perth fitness scene, instead of hashtagging Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or BJJ, hashtags stuff like Perth Fitness, Perth Fit Fam, Perth CrossFit. So that way, when people are scrolling through the Instagram feed and the Instagram, um, hashtag handles that they're following pops up. They'll see people doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and seeing it and being more exposed to it. Um, and that's the trick that people can do on their own personal Instagram accounts is hashtagging uh, stuff that has to do with Perth, you know, some Perth fitness, Perth fit life. You can hashtag that in your posts while you're putting up a photo of you training Jiu Jitsu. More everyday people, more everyday fitness people will see the hashtag, will come up with their feed, and they'll see, you can see more and more on their, 
on their phone or the Instagram, and then eventually, once they someone sees something enough, they will think about it, and not only will they think about it, they will be open to the um, the chance of maybe finding a gym and training it. You know, it's like um, that's how basically how phones work and marketing works. The more you, if you Google something in your Google search, one hundred percent, you'll see that Google search on the ad about what you Google on your Facebook ad or your Instagram ad. Um, you know, it's just going through a day or two later. You know, I googled the other day um, bath soap. Next thing you know, I'm scrolling from Instagram and Facebook, and I'm seeing bath soap ads pop up my feed. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it's a strange thing that social media does that. Yeah, uh, it reads yeah. read, read what, you're, what you're searching. That's how the hell it works. It's crazy. Yeah, the I, I, I know that's uh, that's definitely true because have you seen that um documentary called what is it the social dilemma? Yeah, I heard about that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they 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 talked about that uh, a lot. How your phones like all those social media apps are constantly tracking what you're searching, yeah. and yeah. That's actually the. I actually do remember that's the same for me because now that you know I'm, you know I'm all about following fight news and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If I were to go onto my personal, uh, personal Instagram page, it would be a lot of fitness based stuff. Yeah. You know, like uh, you know, this trainer, this program, that trainer, because I'm a personal trainer. However, if I go over to my last set podcast. Oh, it's on. You're frozen there. You're frozen up on me. 